What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks. For each episode, I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and as always, I'm so glad that you've decided to listen and to tune in again this week to another conversation right here on Behind the Grind. Listen, we say it each week, it's our goal to bring you real conversations from real people like you and I that are about their grind. And so this week we had an opportunity or the pleasure to sit down with uh, the pastor, the friend of the late George Floyd. Uh, This individual's name is Pastor P.T. Ungolo. Uh, We had an opportunity to chop it up and to talk to him. Um, This man um, has a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of um, understanding and wisdom that we uh, gleaned from the conversation that we had and that, that I want to share with you today. You know, yes, we do talk about um, the life of George Floyd being that it's a year uh, since his murder, since his death. A lot has changed, obviously, since that time period. And so we get a chance to recall some of those memories. But it's interesting because we get a chance to sit down uh, and and see it from the perspective of a pastor in the community right there in the third ward there in Houston. And he's just sharing with us uh, his interaction and his perspective. And I think that's very interesting, especially uh, from a clergy perspective, to see it through the lens of someone who could potentially uh, see it a lot different than other people may see the life of George Floyd. And I think that's that's a good way to, to, to share the life and to commemorate uh, the life of George Floyd. So And so we wanted to share that with you today. Well, without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Pastor P.T. Ungolo right here on Behind the Grind. Let's get it. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler. And I'm so excited to bring you another podcast episode this week. Um, really, I'm really excited about the guests that I have in what we call the grind seat today. Um, we're going to have some great conversations some great dialogue. And I'm, I, I'm sure you're going to want to uh, pay attention to what we have to share today. Um, with that being said, let me just go ahead and jump into introducing my guests. Um, my guest, uh, Patrick uh, P.T. Um, Ungolo is the lead pastor of Resurrection Houston, a church planted in Houston, Texas. Uh, PT, as what he goes by, received his BS in computer, I'm sorry, computer engineering from the University of Oklahoma in 2001 and a JD in 2005 from the University of Texas School of Law. Uh, He is not only an award-winning lawyer, but also serves his community through social organizations like the Houston Area of Urban League young professionals. He regularly leads commentary on platforms such as BBC, NPR, and the Christ- and Christianity Today. 
He is also the host of Ken Folks. And let me just say that's a powerful podcast that he's the host of um, about a four-way intersection of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the community of saints that do life together. The African uh, diaspora, diaspora, I always struggle with that word, but diaspora, and the coming social justice of God, uh, of God in Christ in the world. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my guest, Pastor P.T. Ungolo. Welcome to Behind the Grind. How are you, my man? Brother, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for uh, sharing your platform with me. I know we're going to have a great conversation. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, tr I'm reading through the, the bio, and uh, let me just start off and say I'm just so impressed uh, with you know what God has done with your, with, with, with your journey and some things that you've accomplished. And so we're going to get into some of that dialogue today. But uh, one thing I left out while I was introducing you, and that's probably some, some things that we're going to talk about um, based upon the timing of, of this particular interview, is that you um, have some connection or some relationship um, to the late George Floyd. Um, and so we want to talk about that. If you could share just a moment, um, you know, I don't know, were you his pastor or were you connected to him? What was the relationship that you had um, Man, with George Floyd? That's a great question because people, when they ask me this, they're always like, how do you categorize the relationship? I think the best way to categorize it is uh, he, I, I am a pastor to the neighborhood where he grew up. He was a man of peace who helped open doors so that we could do ministry where his life and others existed. I, see. I met him. Uh, I met him uh, in the early two tens. I can't remember what year, what date. Yeah. But uh, he's a he's a local third ward uh, man celebrity, okay. and, and and has and had been. You know, which right. is. We we all knew him as Big Floyd. That's what okay. we knew him as, right? Yeah, I mean, you you grew up in neighborhoods where I grew up, so this is exactly this is funny. This is because people were like, "So how would you?" I was like, "Yo, it's the neighborhood." Yeah, you know, you go to barbershops, know people by one name. You know right. what I'm saying? And, right. and you know him intimately and have known yes. him, you know, for years by yes. one name. That's just how yeah. it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, we 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 got an opportunity. Uh, when I was trying to break into the CUNY Homes Housing Project, it is the largest housing development in the Southwest. Mm, okay. It's where he grew up in. It it's the place where um, he 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 most of his young life and even adult life was spent there. His mother lived there. Uh, God rest her soul. Mm. And I'm you know. Some of our listeners may not understand this, that all black people, although I might be black, right. you got to come from a neighborhood in order to be able to get access to it. Yeah. And so I didn't, <laughs> I really wasn't, I'm not from that neighborhood. I, I moved to Houston 15 years ago. And so I needed some, oh, okay. a son of the soil to kind of help me open doors. And man, because of his generosity of soul, uh, because of his his desire to see people do better, mm. and because of his own particular path of redemption, man, he opened doors, and we've been able to do ministry there that I wouldn't have been able to do without his help. Wow, you know that is very interesting. You know, um, you know, like you said, we can relate. Obviously, there are certain places, like you said, there are certain areas and certain neighborhoods, and 
um, you know, being a pastor, I can imagine I'm a minister. And so I can understand going in and evangelizing into an, a territory. Uh, you know, sometimes it's difficult uh, if you don't know that area, right? If you don't know who to talk to, who to navigate with, and you're trying to so-called uh, share the gospel per se, right? In that <laughs> right. area, you're not just gonna come in, right? And just show up. You actually have to build relationships. You have to connect with people. And in this case, it sounds like uh, George Floyd was that, that I think you described it as that gatekeeper type of yeah. guy. That guy yeah, who man. had, he had the, 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 the voice in the street per se. People knew him, they could connect to him. Is that what I'm getting? Man, that's what you're getting at. You know, and the Bible calls those people, pe persons of peace. Like they, they just have their pulse on the neighborhood. And, and when God sends you to one yeah. and they're receptive, he says, man, you need to, you need to sit there. You need to stay yeah. there. So yeah. myself and all our other people who were involved, uh, in the ministry, man, we just, we made him, uh, our person of peace and, yeah. and he opened so many doors. And so when we heard about what happened, man, I mean, you know, uh, well, we can get into that story. I didn't actually watch the news that day because oh, you okay. get so, for me, I got so callous with all the hashtags, Right. you know, and then, right. you know, you see another one, you're like, oh man, that's somewhere else. Again, I'm just going to say, yeah, I'm that's somewhere else. That's not my neighborhood. Let me just mm -hmm. figure out what I need to do for me and mine. And right. it turns out that when I, I got a call. I got a call. I kept getting calls that day. Mm. And then I got a call later on that evening. Uh, Cause I thought people were wishing me well on my, my anniversary, my anniversary. Oh, that day. Okay. Okay. So it was your anniversary. You were out with, Oh wow. Enjoying your anniversary. Uh, well, I was at the house. Remember it's the pandemic. <laughs> oh, so yeah, we were trying okay. to figure out what to do. Yeah. You know, it, it was my first year, actually, this is, this will be my second year coming up. And oh. so <laughs> I just thought I was getting calls. So wait a minute, let me, let's pause for a second. Let's go not ahead. just go past that. When is your anniversary? Obviously we are doing this about a year from here. When is the anniversary? So May the 26 <laughs> is my, oh, my wow. anniversary. Oh, yeah. wow. Happy anniversary. Awesome. Thank you, man. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So I'm sorry. I just had, I had to oh, say no, that. Oh, no, no, wow. go ahead, man. Shoot, man. I, I know I'm talking a lot. Go ahead. <laughs> But yeah, so you were, so let me get this straight. You were on your, uh, you know, in, enjoying the, we're in the pandemic again, like we're saying, it's a, literally a year from uh, ago, uh, almost, right? right? You are on your, uh, just enjoying yourself, enjoying your uh, anniversary, and you're getting this call, like you're saying, and it's all of this, uh, you know, you know something has happened, but you're not connecting the dots, per se, of who it is. Obviously, this is taking place in Minnesota. Obviously, you're like, okay, what's going on? Take us back to that place, man. Yeah, man. Uh, so I, I'm getting calls throughout the day. I'm not answering because I'm like, I'm working. Right. I know it's just somebody saying happy anniversary. Right. Very presumptuous of me, right? Right, right. And then <laughs> the same person keeps calling. And so finally I answer the phone. I'm like, yo, what's up? He's like, bro, I've been trying, I've been trying to reach you the whole day. Wow. Pick up your phone, man. Wow. I said, why? What, what's going on, man? You know, he ain't even, I don't even think he remembers it was my anniversary. What, because wow. what he was trying to relate to me was that the guy in Minnesota was our big Floyd. Okay, so at that moment, big Floyd. Wow. yeah, okay. And it hit me because I did, I was seeing, you know, how it pop up on your ticker, but you don't click. Right. So I was seeing, so I instantly knew and made the connection. 
that the story that I had been p- pushing aside was actually something that was hitting close to home. And what I felt was this wave of uh, sadness and guilt, mm-hmm. guilt for not caring and sadness, deep, deep sadness, because it was my brother. And, man, you know, just uh, I, we, we, we didn't do anything that, that evening. One, we couldn't do anything, but right. I think we just took a pause. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, what's interesting is this year we're, we're going to at least be able to go to dinner. Yeah. But I think our, yeah. our yeah. anniversary is always going to be intimately connected mm-hmm. to the murder of George Floyd. Man, I mean, wow, that's, you know, I, I thank you for sharing, um, you know, your, your, your experience. I mean, you know, a lot of our listeners, you know, um, you know, we talk about it, we're talking about it from a person that we did not know, you know, we're listening, you know, some of us are listening from a person you actually, um, I'm assuming broke bread with this, this man, you've talked to this man, you've, you've heard about him, you know, more about him. And so, especially from the, let's just, let's just go here from the, from the, from the community, the church community, right? Um, you know, we have that that split of of thought process. And, you know, there may have been people that had a, a different view of of the life of George Floyd, you know, because of all the other things that have gone on. Can you take a moment and just speak to just the the, the true human side, the, the human of George Floyd? And so that, you know, so people can just not, you know, I know we've we polarized this uh, event, but I think we fail to realize the person. Yeah, man, um, the the George Floyd I know, the big Floyd I know, uh, was a gentle giant. He was generous in spirit. He had an aura, a presence. Man, when he walked into the room, I mean, you 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 felt it. Uh, was one of those guys who could, who you think would use his size, his, man, presence, all of that to his advantage at every moment. Right. But it always, for me, felt like he used, you know, his charisma, his size, mm-hmm. uh, his presence to lift other people up. Wow. Uh, just in few examples, man. I mean, one, the, ex- the, the greatest example I know was the fact that my church needed partners in the community. Uh, he, and he was, man, just, just literally generous with his time Mm-hmm. So you know you know how it is, man. Yep. If, if you're an OG in the neighborhood, <laughs> yeah. you can you can turn people on, and so yeah. he would do that, right? Yeah. But you you don't have to be in the place to turn people on. You can right. just make the calls, make the texts, send the call out of the neighborhood. Yeah. But man, we we would do things like have church services, right. and he would come, fold chairs, yeah, help out whatever was necessary. We yeah. we would have was called church in the bricks. And so we would bring church to the actual projects, to the actual basketball court, which set up, you know, equipment, lights, you know how it takes. I see this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right there on the court. Yeah. 200 people would come through. We'd bring out our, our church. uh, And then uh, the neighborhood would come out with barbecuing or whatnot, but we need man hour. We need help. And he would be one of the individuals that would, actually uh help us out i remember one time we wanted to connect with some men in the neighborhood and so we put on a a a basketball tournament okay now 
Yeah. You know, he turned folk on. People came out. Guys came out. But he, what I think struck struck me was, so here I am throwing this tournament, right? And something in me says, man, I should play in this tournament. Well, okay. I'm in, I'm in my, I'm in my, at, at that time, I'm in my mid, no, I guess I'm my early to mid thirties. Right. Okay. Okay. And I'm like, man, I ain't getting out here with these young cats. <laughs> you know? No Vince Carter today. Huh? No, no, I'm not getting out here with these young cats. But for whatever reason, he not only got out there, he fielded a team, got his boys, got out there. Yeah, because he's a playing. little older than you, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, no, he's older than me. Yeah. I, he's, he, at, you know, he's at least six years older than me. Wow. Right? So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, he's out here balling. And I could tell part of it was, hey, y'all out here doing your thing. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure y'all know we have a presence here, too, that mm-hmm. we're playing with, you know, that, that we're part of this thing, yeah. that we're participating. Right. So, lo and behold, they not only end up playing, they end up winning the tournament. Okay. Dude can ball. Oh, I, I mean, bet he can. Yeah, I heard a little bit about it. In his 40s, he yeah. can ball and okay. dunk. Okay. I mean, bro, bro, he was in amazing shape. Wow. And and that's one of the things I think mm. people don't, may not even grasp that mm. what happened in Minnesota, the fact that he even, the fact that the police officer was able to get him on the ground had nothing to do with the police officer's strength. Yeah. But with his compliance. Yeah. Because uh, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Big Floyd is known in the neighborhood. Nobody steps to Big Floyd, right? The understand. Okay, you understand. You, you have put this in perspective. Wow. Right. So, like, I mean, if you won't stat it, his hands are <laughs> enough to do the job one time. All right. That's it. And, and the strength. It's like country strength, right? You know, it's that Geechee strength that you playing into your forties. So, so you understand what I'm saying? I got what you're saying. Wow, okay. yeah. So, the fact that Mr. Chauvin was able to get him on the ground was not a function and a virtue of Mr. Chauvin. Couldn't have been. It was extreme compliance. By, by George Floyd. See, this is how we're looking at this thing. I'm like, yo, if he resisted, ain't no, y'all, y'all would <laughs> need like re- 10 if officers. If he really, really right. went there and really resisted. Exactly. And I don't know how tall the officer was, but I'm assuming he was probably around my height. Yeah. There's no way in the world I'm taking down. Big Floyd is 6'7", <laughs> former tight end. Wow. I mean, and you know, there's tight oh, wow. ends and there's guys that just like athletes. You know, there's right. Right. there's, you know, guys who played in the league no, and then there's I, LeBron. Right. And I've there's grown just up a, with guys this this stature. So I know I, I I'm I'm just imagining. I played ball with guys this stature. There that's another caliber. <laughs> there's no way in the world again, a guy my high my size is gonna just take him down willingly and put my, you know. That's Put a, his wow. knee on his neck, bro. Oh, We've my. never seen him in that type of prone position. Mm-hmm. It's humiliating for us as we're watching it because mm-hmm. we know if it was four of us, we couldn't get him down to that right. position. Right. I Without know that compliance. this man 
was complying yeah. and beyond compliance. And they still murdered him. Man, bro, I that that's that's what that's the character of the man they were dealing with. He yeah. could have, yeah. but he did not. What what well, you know, I don't I know it's you know, it's, it's difficult to, you know, again, like we're saying, we're one year removed. It's difficult to really relive this. We saw this, um, you know. And, and so I don't want to spend too much time there today. Obviously, we know the story. Um, let, let's kind of fast forward, if you don't mind. Let's, sure. let's fast forward a little bit. When this happened, you know, obviously there's connections to you, right? Yeah. Of, of the relationship that you guys um, have had. What has this done into your life? Um, you know, I've, obviously you've had a thriving ministry, a thriving church. Things have been going pretty well. What has happened since this? I'm, I, was it overwhelming at first? I mean, I'm sure with all of the, the, the reports and the reporters and everybody, how was your life impacted um, after this took place? Man, I uh, I don't think it's been the same. My, mm. I'm sure my wife would, you know, I, I, I don't really do much media. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I don't seek it. Let me just say that. Sure, sure, right. Um, you know, I try to do what I can and, you know, right. get out the way. I'm one of, the, right. one of those I guys, mean, you, man. You're serving, you're serving a ministry right now, but you're being pulled to the world, per se. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so for that period of time and even up until now, it's transformed my life in a way where I think at that point, God, you, you know, I, I'll say this. I have been hiding, and this is this is me sharing very personally. This is good. Okay. Up until that point, I had been hiding. Uh, I've always understood the call, mm-hmm. but in some ways mm-hmm. felt I was too small for the call that God was giving me. That's good. I ran, shrank from the moment. Right. In so many different ways. That when when this thing happened it was almost as as god was like man you don't have a choice right now cuz the only thing that's been getting in the way of you is you and i'm getting you out of the way so so some would characterize how i how, how i might have behaved before as humility yeah but honestly, and this is just me being oh, honest, it was oh, selfishness. You're, you're, helping, you're helping us. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was selfishness. Yeah. Uh, I was about me. You know, mm. you, 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 we look at characters like uh, Kanye and say, oh, he's about self. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pride is not just thinking high of oneself. Mm. Pride can also be thinking low of oneself. Wow. Okay. Because it's about self. Yeah. You know, high or low, you're looking, you're navel gazing. So it's not just the high part of self, it's even the low part. Wow. That, low I, self-esteem I we, is pride. We don't, we don't talk about that. So yeah, you're going to have to dwell there and, and no, share no, that a little bit more. We don't talk about it because we yeah. think it's noble. We yep. think, oh man, this person's humble. Mm. But honestly, they, and, and I'm saying they, I'm really talking about me because I know me best. Okay. Wow. It's not, it's not humility. It's extreme pride and and here's uh, throughout the bible mm-hmm. 
you see the characters God calls before the call, there's almost this negative tinge to them. And it's because they, they think too highly of themselves mm-hmm. and think too low of God. Moses says, oh, you know, I can't go out there. I can't get out there. Well, in modern day, we say, oh, man, he's humble. The Bible's like, nah, he's just full of himself. (laughs) Right? It's the truth, right? Right. He he thinks too low of the gifting of God. Like, it's God. If God says, go do something, you you know. You do it. You you just do it. Right? The excuses show someone who doesn't think that God's big enough and thinks that his impediments are bigger than God. You are helping us today, Pastor. You are helping. (laughs) That is that is profound because, again, like you said, we always look at it from the other perspective. But you're very clear. Moses and I was just I was just it's funny that you bring up Moses. I was just thinking about that. Right. Moses was thinking of all the reasons why he couldn't. (laughs) <laughs> Why right. you know, and he and, and he actually had the speech impediment. Don't get me wrong. Right? No, he, he was, had issues. <laughs> he had issues. They're real issues. But, but God he said, thought his issues yeah. were bigger than God. Yeah. So wow. if you think about it, he's thinking highly of himself. Yeah. He's like, yo, my speech impediment is bigger than God. Wow. My 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 lack of training, my lack of awareness is bigger than God. My criminal history. <laughs> This is good. You know, my criminal history, you know, remember mm-hmm. he's a fugitive from Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, is bigger <laughs> than God, wow. right? So I, I'm, I'm setting this thing up because I think in a large, in a large way, I see myself on the same trajectory and path that big Floyd was on because the narrative of Christianity isn't perfection it's redemption it is wow and for far too many of us it's about being perfect and and guys like well i how do i get the glory if you got it all together in fact i start with the premise that none of y'all got it together mm-hmm. so that all glory may come to me and all redemption will come to you. Like we come as beggars with our hands open, hoping that God will do something with our lives. And so in that moment, man, for me, you know, as interview after interview, as conversation after conversation, God was like, look, I've prepared you for this. I've given you the words to say. I've given you the moment. I've given you the spirit of God. I don't care how you feel. That imposter syndrome you might feel. I got work for you to do. Man, Pastor, you 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 are you onto something here. And I think I think you're freeing me. <laughs> I think that I think that's how powerful this is. Because I, I can I, I'm taking myself to your your position of where you were. Um, like you said. All of this, I mean, this is, your life is going, you know, you're just doing what you do. Every, you know, you, you kind of got your routine. You know what you do. You you can kind of plan things out. You're pastoring, doing all your little, you know, what you do. Mm-hmm. And God is asking for you to go or pulling you to go greater. 
And, and just think, if you did not respond to what God said, many of us would have a different perspective. Like you're today giving us a perspective of George Floyd that many of us would not, we, we, we wouldn't be able to grasp this perspective, right? We, we, we can make up our narrative, we can call it whatever we want, whatever that may be, but you being there, you know what I mean? Being yeah. in, in a position, not knowing what that was about, you know, you just doing what you're normally doing. And uh, when this this occurred, there would not be a person, I mean, there, there's plenty of people that can tell the story, but from the perspective that God has given you to tell the story, I think it's very powerful with your wisdom. You know what I mean? The wisdom that you have. And like you said, you've been trained, you've been in ministry and you've been trained for for for, for this, right? That's what mm. that's what, what ministry is about, is wherever right. God sends you, right? Right. But if you were if we're trying to just stay in our own little box, <laughs> say, no, I'm just gonna minister in this box right. here. I, this is what I know, this is what I'm comfortable with. God said, No, I'm gonna pull you and I've equipped you to do it. And I think that's what's so powerful about your story is that God has uh, you know, like you said, you weren't seeking this attention. You weren't seeking anything about that, but you were able to help the world. And, and I've, you know, listened to your interviews and I've listened to different things. And I, when you share your, when you share the perspective of George Floyd, you open up so much to so many more people about even the gospel. I think you bring yeah. the gospel to light out of his story <laughs> and that many people have not been able, you know, and I saying that people haven't been able to, but that's what you've been called to do in this moment. Well, and, and, and you as a preacher, you would understand yeah. that we basically are preaching the same message we've been preaching yeah. for years. You, you find God, God shows himself in all of these scenarios and situations and you just pull God out of it. And right. It's, it's... <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean, you know, and it's funny on NPR, people say, well, you can't preach the gospel on NPR. Okay. I preached the gospel. I don't know how many times. Like I, I remember. Okay, so the it was three weeks ago. Uh, one of the the producers called me and was like, "Yo, uh, we're tired. We're gonna give you five minutes. Give us a word. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just like that, right? Right. I was like, and they called me enough in advance, maybe two days in advance, and so." I know it's not the twenty-five minute variety. Yeah, it's the it's the three to five minute variety. Mm -hmm. But man, I just wrote the message, mm -hmm. and they called me. I had a word for them, wow. and they played it just like wow. that. Wow. And I took folk to church. Oh, well, yep. I hate to say to church. <laughs> took, let's let's not use the vernacular. I try okay. to take folk to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There, right. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, and. You know, I got emails and calls like, yo, I, and they're like, man, there's something about what you said. I was like, that's the power of the gospel yeah. that we're able, it, it can do work on its own. And yeah. he uses whoever he wants to use to illustrate and to paint that story. Wow. No matter how many times I get on and I, and I say, I say, do you not know that our savior was also brutalized, humiliated uh, by a government that was sponsoring terrorism, mm. took his life from him unjustly, right? And right there, where so many of us, we look at this, this thing that's happening mm -hmm. and, and we can instantly connect. Mm -hmm. I, I said, man, Jesus went through the same thing. 
But God saw that death sentence and said, in the first time in human history, I'm going to reverse that death sentence because it was incorrect. And I'm vindicating Jesus and I'm raising him from the dead. That gives me hope. Yeah. Because regardless of whether the state of Minnesota Mm -hmm. does what it wants to do, Mm -hmm. one of the things it cannot do is raise a man from the dead. Man, (laughs) this is powerful, man. So, man, thank you for, you know, again, um, you know, thank you for sharing this story. Again, like I said, this is definitely what you uh, you recall for a moment like this to to share. Um, you definitely, even just today, you've just just opened up our light, our eyes to so many things. Let me shift just a little bit too. Um, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your um, your your background, right? You you have a you plant churches, uh, and it kind of ties to you know what you were describing on how um, George Floyd was part of that plant per se. Obviously, going into neighborhoods and connecting and so forth. What what is this about? You 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 you've been in Houston for fifteen years. What is planting churches like? What's the grind of planting churches? If we can shift to that. Mm. <laughs> Behind the grind, I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, man. Um, well, well, you know, I came in, I came here fifteen years ago to okay. work for a white shoe law firm in in downtown Houston. Okay, uh, I had. Just graduated from the University of Texas. Okay. And I wanted to make some big money. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got got here and instantly knew, well, the Lord had been calling me. I actually uh, accepted that call before uh, I went to law school. Okay. It was crystallized in law school. Okay. So you got to kind of go back then. So you accepted <laughs> the call. What took yeah. you to law school? Uh, I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. I didn't okay. really know lawyers. I'm, okay. I'm from a na- I'm from the, I'm from the hood, right? Okay. And I didn't know lawyers, but I wanted to be a lawyer, and because I think at the, at the time, what what drew me was I was doing. Um, and and I'm, I'm about to take you out another rabbit trail. <laughs> no, I, I was okay. a I was a party promoter. Okay. And uh, I wanted to know the legal side of the business because. I just so often saw and felt like people and people like us, we were getting jerked. And so I was like, yo, I'm going to go to law school. So went to Put law the school. together, okay. I went to law school, but before I went there, I had, a, I had an experience with God that mm-hmm. radically changed my life. It made me think, man, I don't want to just do things for the money. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a greater purpose. Uh, and it was the summer before I went. So when I get to law school, I'm having all these conflicts. I'm not quite sure <laughs> what it is I want to do with my life at this right, point. Right, right. I was I I entered so certain, but now I'm not certain. My heart had changed; and it shifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that what I was doing wanted to do was per se bad. It's just I was a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, I I mean, I fundamentally was not the same person before mm-hmm. that I was after. When I got in, so I'm going on this journey of discovery. Uh, I, I, I'm in law school, but I'm also uh, actively involved in the church there in Austin. And so I preached my first sermon, my the first year of law school, first year of law school, 
And then from then on, I'm trying to discover what I'm wanting to do. While all the time, these opportunities to do great things in the legal field are coming. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, man, how do I, something in my soul is saying, I need to figure out what, you know, I need to (laughs) chart a path. I don't know what that path is. It might not be what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I took the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I come to Houston because it's uh-huh. a job, right? Uh-huh. You, you know. All right. Uh-huh. Come to Houston. <laughs> I say, man, I, I'm here. I'm working. But inside, I'm like, man, there's something God is calling me to do. And everyone around me notices this gift. I, I'm the last person. Now looking back, I'm like, dang, <laughs> if, I, if I was more confident then, what would I have been doing? You know, whatever mm-hmm. it was, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so then I'm, I'm here. I'm, I find a church. I get connected. Uh, the pastor starts giving me more and more uh, <laughs> roles, responsibilities. Before you know it, you know, like I'm part of the staff. Before you know it, I'm one of the, you know, three people he trusts to preach at his services. And, you know, I'm just a kid of 25, 26. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I'm trying, you know, I'm trying. And uh, so then I I read something that that strikes me. It's uh, Matthew 28, Mm -hmm. where he says, uh, go ye therefore to all nations uh, and make disciples, right? Mm -hmm. And so I go on this task of discovering what it means to make disciples of people uh, of my generation, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. of and around my generation and mm-hmm. even younger, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I discover that, man, the way to, the way evangelism takes hold, people, well, let me, let me just, let me just talk straight. When people come to faith in Christ, they need a home. They, they need a connection. Right. You know, and so they need a community. Right. We call that community in its purest term. We call it the church. Right. So in order for evangelism to take hold, more churches need to be planted. And so I say, look, I feel like that's my, my role, my gifting. I don't necessarily, I, I began to see myself not necessarily as a pastor that'll be in one pulpit for 40 years with growing old with these folk, you know, I saw myself as someone who could help other people uh, to, to plant churches and to plant more churches out of my church. And so to round the story, mm-hmm. uh, to bring a story to, a, to kind of a head, uh, I planted Resurrection Houston with the hope of being able to plant 100 churches in 10 years. Now we, we're in year eight and haven't got to 100 <laughs> churches, but we've been able to yeah. uh to see uh, thousands of lives be affected, yeah. planted three churches out of that church, yeah. and really kind of birth a movement yeah. uh, of of kingdom minded people who want to see um, discipleship, uh, communal Christians who are living with one another, but who yeah. happen to be young. Wow, man! So. And so you've planted, like you said, you've planted churches. So people so in this church plant, if like uh, individual wants to plant a church, they may come and sit under, sit with you or you work with them. How does that normally work? So 
uh, I from day one I institutionalized a uh, uh, a church planting internship. So okay. basically, you know, to cut the brass tacks, whatever our budget was, mm-hmm. we took about half to more of that uh, on on mission and church planting activities. So for the first few years, I was purposely, uh, and and even to this day, I remain bivocational so that I can continue to uh, help the next generation of church planners do what they want to do. Wow, man. I mean, I think that's a part, you know, we don't hear a lot about church planning and so forth. Obviously, you know, we hear about... um, you know, ministry in a whole, but there's a, there's a work or there's a, there's something to that, to, to be able to put that together, to be able to help. Like you said, really, it all goes down to the core of it, discipleship, right? You know, you're teaching discipleship, but it's amazing to see, you know, a work or laying out strategically how that works and how that comes to fruition. I think we were talking a little earlier, there's places that I'm aware of that you helped a person go into and start a ministry there. I think that's fascinating. And I think, you know, listening to your story and hearing about how you, you know, went to law school, kind of conflicted, but all, it seems like when you talk about your journey, all of it comes, it still comes together. It all is like everything that God has is in the toolbox to work together. May not be exactly what you thought it was for, but it's used (laughs) later along the line. Uh, I think it's just fascinating just to hear. Would you say the same or? Yeah, man. No, I mean, listen. Now it makes it it makes sense to me. It didn't bef- before. You You're know, like, what am I just, doing? Yeah. Why, why am I not out here getting this money? You know, I mean, let's just call a spade yeah. a spade. Why am I out here? I could be, you know, because my yeah. my my the one goal I had when I was twenty was to be a millionaire by the time I was thirty. Okay. Man, my thirtieth birthday, I was trying to plan a church. I was like, and I knew it. I was like, you know, people, people. Okay, so let me just let me just come all the way out this closet for a second, right? (laughs) People think that this work is sexy, but it's not, bro. You you know this. It's like you would if if it's about the money and the prestige. I was gonna go there. I was going to go there. Let's talk about it. Well, you, I mean, again, you're going to be, a, why would you, and let's just be real. You going yeah. to be a lawyer. You got, I mean, you got the entertainment thing in. There's a lot of money destined to be made here, but, but the calling. <laughs> the calling pulls you, man. It pulls you. It doesn't make sense. Your own mama be like, man, Woo. baby, I, I knew you were going to be great, but, um, <laughs> I just thought you'd have a little more money by now. <laughs> but it's awesome. You know, guy. I mean, man, and, and and it's the same, like, you know, and, and let's just as a young black man, yeah. you know. Right. Everybody pours into you because they think, man, you're about to go, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're purposely pushing against everything people had for you in your life. <laughs> And you're just thinking, man, if I just, life would be so much easier. And people in my would love me if I go the other way. And, man, I just, I've just been listening to God as best it's as I awesome. can. It's you awesome. Know? 
it's awesome that you obey you're obeying God and you're doing what you're doing. But you're right. When you take you step out for a second, you're like, wait a minute. You know, all the things that go along with this journey that you're walking on looks like something totally different. It does. <laughs> you know, and I think that people don't realize like the, the, this calling is it's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you have ambition in your mm-hmm. life if you're mm-hmm. amb- if you're mildly moderately ambitious <laughs> you know moderately ambitious this isn't the game you know maybe for the generations before us well yeah. all we could do yeah. was teach and preach yeah you know the church was the outlet yeah for the intellectual because yeah. he couldn't be yep. anywhere else right you're hitting something there too man you're hitting something yeah but i mean I'm not saying we've progressed to the end, mm-hmm. but we can do other things mm-hmm. uh, now. You know, I look at, you know, T.D. Jakes as an example of this. Yeah. I think, yeah. l- l- let me let me say something about T.D. Okay? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I've watched him for a while. And mm-hmm. one of the things I think I've picked up from him is he is a very ambitious individual who happens <laughs> to have a gift of communication. And for so many people, they look at that and say, oh, well, you want to do, I'm like, no, 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 no. This man could start a business. Like right. he, could, right. he could, you know, pick right. up, pick up a, a Topo Chico he and start a business. This. That man has it in his <laughs> belly. He is a entrepreneur yes. extraordinaire, yes. high gifting in that. Yes. He just happens to have this gift of communication and this call. Mm-hmm. And I don't think at 60 plus years old, people have still figured out <laughs> that that guy has something within his soul that he's, a he's for some reason, I, I know them Pentecostal bishops was like, yo, you're doing too much, bro. <laughs> right. Cause he but, broke out of the standard of where I'm sure he broke out of the standard of what the guys were doing around him. I'm sure they weren't doing the things he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have no blueprint. Was no blueprint, like bro. <laughs> no blueprint. And, and I think you know. And I hope this helps some folk. Sure. You know, just to listen. God's journey might be different for you mm-hmm. than it is for somebody else. Okay. And and don't ever look at it and despise where God has you. That's it. It, it it'll all work out in the end. That's it. That's it. Man, man, Pastor PT. <laughs> this has been a, a, a very, very good conversation, man. Um, I would, man, I wish we could we could go longer, right, and really talk <laughs> about it. We may have to. I may have to just come back and we just talk talk, talk black church, right, or whatever. Let's we do talk. it anytime, bro. <laughs> you, you, listen, uh, you got an you open invitation, man. Oh, so man, we, I appreciate we can, it. We can do this any, any other time, man. I appreciate it, but I'm going to go ahead and, and, and kind of wind this down here. Um, and so typically I try to do some fun questions, but you know, they, they, they typically bomb a little bit, but it's a random question is what I Let's do. do it. Uh, so Patrick Ewan or Akeem Olajuwon, who you going with? Akeem the dream every day. <laughs> and why? Every day. <laughs> that man might be the, the, the greatest, the greatest player next to Jordan of his era. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Patrick Ewan. All right. 
I'm not Patrick. I'm sorry, Akeem Olajuwon. Yes, yes, yes. And that's true because he has he, a lot of players still uh, train with him of some sort, or they, he gives they them a lot of a lot of tips. I, I His footwork that. is phenomenal. Dude's yeah. I, dude moves like a ballerina at seven feet. You're like, yo, wow. where did you get <laughs> footwork like that? All right. So again, okay. I'm glad my guest knew a little bit about basketball. It could it could, could bring that into his little history in NBA. So uh, that's good. All right. We didn't bomb so bad on that random question. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get out of here, you know, some people who have may not have heard of you. Um, obviously, we just mentioned. Obviously, we're not necessarily just looking to blow ourselves up or any of that nature. But if somebody did want to follow the work that you're doing or your ministry, how do they go about uh, doing that? Man, you, you can follow me uh, at P-N-G-W-O-L-O on all social platforms. You can also uh, follow us at the Kinfolk Podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just type in the Kinfolk Podcast Definitely. in any social platform. It'll pull yeah. up. Or you can also go to resurrectionhouston.org and you can see the work we've been doing and you can connect with us there as well. Awesome. All right. Well, it's been a very awesome conversation today. I hope you guys truly enjoyed that. Well, matter of fact, I know you enjoyed it. Um, I guess I don't know what I'm saying here, but until the next time, this is Sharad and this is Behind the Grind.